but every single one, oh, we got the candles. Oh, by the way, our friend's moving. Oh, hey, thank you so much for this gift I got last month. I forgot to say thank you. Um, let me introduce you. My buddy's going to be calling you. He's buying a, buying a house. He's selling a house every single time. Every event has at least two people that walk up to me. It was the last person I ever would have thought of. And they're like, Hey, by the way, we're thinking about selling and we want to, we want to buy a house and we want to sell ours. And I'm like, you just bought like a year and a half ago. It's the last person I expected that every single time. This is the platform marketing show where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country dissect their local marketing strategy and get the behind the scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns and figure out how they have perfected what we call the platform marketing strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. I'm super stoked this morning to have Karen Hall as the guest. Karen is a realtor in like the DC area, the suburbs, Nova, Northern Virginia, whatever you guys call it there, that whole big (laughs) area of like Arlington and um, is it Fairfax County? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Fairfax County. Yep. It's all in the DMV, the Nova, you name it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Karen is absolutely kicking butt there. Um, she sent me a text yesterday. I was like, you know, Hey, I just looked at my GCI in the last couple of years and it's a pretty cool before and after snapshot of, um, you did about 7 million in sales volume the year, like really before you hired platform. I think it was at the very end of that year. Was it 20, 2018? Yeah. I started with platform in October of 2018. I just looked it up. So I had, so it didn't even, that wasn't even credit to to platform at that point. And I did 6.8 that year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just round up and call it, you know, 7 yeah. million to use an even number. Right. And then the next year, you know, it eventually increased to what, or was it? I had closed 20 deals that year instead of nine and at 11 million. Did 11. And then the next year that 11 grew to 2020 was 24 deals for 13 and a half million. Okay. So, I mean, really that was the first year that you had essentially doubled your business because you went from about seven to almost 14. Yep. And this year you're already, (laughs) we're, we're, we're already at 16 million closed under contract. It's in June. And I mean, so that tells me you're definitely on pace to hit 20 million this year, you know, at the current pace you're going, you might get a lot more than that. And again, all this started from a business that, you know, prior to really diving into this platform strategy and going all in on this, like you were selling about 7 million a year. So, I mean, you're pretty much at the point where you've somewhere between doubled and tripled your business. And the really interesting thing to me and kind of the first thing I want to talk about, Karen, is that you are doing this in a ridiculously competitive real estate market. Like you're not in some you know, uh, rural small town in the middle of nowhere where there's no competition and none of the other agents are doing anything interesting with their marketing where just by almost doing anything, you can stand out sometimes in, you know, really small towns. Like you're in, maybe you could argue the most competitive real estate market in the United States of America. I mean, I think Washington DC still has a record amongst economists as like, there's never been a real estate recession there, even in the mortgage crisis, like housing didn't collapse there like it did everywhere else because there's this automatic, enduring 
eternal demand for housing because of all the government jobs there, right? Yeah, military so and government for sure. It it like on on paper, it'd be like, oh wow, it must be so easy to be a real estate agent there because there's so many people, you know, uh, moving in and out and buying houses, and there's so much demand. It's like, well, yeah, but the other side of that is that there's tons of competition because there's so many there's so many realtors, and so you are really interesting case study, Karen, of showing how this platform marketing strategy can work even in an insanely competitive market with, I mean, higher price points, right? I mean, most of your transactions yeah. are 500 plus, right? Yeah, my price point is, I mean, that's part of my my success right now is I think I was averaging, you know, 550. And this year I'm probably more like, more often I'm in the 700 to 1.1 million right now um, this year. Um, but to your point, it's like, so I can't remember how many thousands of realtors are even in the Commonwealth of Virginia and Northern Virginia, there's, there's realtors are a dime a dozen. And I think the power of platform is that I always preach about authenticity. And I think, you know, when you're a dime a dozen, every consumers, honestly, when I open this business, you have to battle the consumers think we're all created equal or we're all not great. We're not highly acclaimed, but we're all the same. And so you're battling consumers thinking you're all the same and it's not even something that's well revered. And so you've got to stand out with a message that you can actually provide something different. And I think platform is the only way you can communicate that. It, it gives you literally a platform to communicate who you are and how you're different. So when you when you started, I mean, like think back to a couple of years ago, and maybe you can't remember this, but uh, <laughs> what was the reason you signed up and what what excited you about this platform strategy that made you think it was different from other, you know, other marketing companies out there? Because obviously realtors are one of the most sold to groups in the world. I mean, there's tons yeah. of marketing companies or coaching programs or masterminds and all this stuff. What, what, what seemed different about platform to you that, that attracted you to it? It's kind of funny because, um, to your point, I'm one of those people that has a knee jerk reaction of the harder you try to sell me something, the less I feel like I need it. And so I'm so adverse to people trying to sell me anything. I sought you guys out. So, um, and I had to do it multiple times. I think I had emailed once and nobody got back to me. And I was like, I'm reaching out to you. <laughs> um, I had actually gone to a Grant Cardone uh, 10X conference. And that was my first Cardone conference. And I got kind of fired up. And um, a takeaway for me was I needed to be more noisy. I needed to be louder. I needed to be more known. And so, um, I just, I don't know. We started researching and trying to find companies that we thought were doing that well. And even to this day, you know, I talked to other agents. I'm like, you're literally the only company that stays on top of everything from the messaging, the marketing, the like behind the scenes, what's working, all these algorithms. I see agents trying to do it themselves all the time. And I'm like, I would not even try. Like the only person I would trust this with is you guys. Um, but it was just, something different in the messaging, you know, the testimonials of agents that were like, no, this has actually made me a local celebrity. Like it's made me known. Um, it seemed to me like it was selling something different. It was, it was a total solution. It wasn't, oh, we're going to do your marketing ads for you. There's plenty of companies. And I'd tried different ones, um, that just give you leads. And it, you're like, that's not what we're doing. We're trying to make you stand out of magnifying and amplifying what I offer uniquely as me. And that it was only for one agent per market. Um, really made me feel like you could help me communicate that better. But it was a total solution. It wasn't selling leads. It's not even leads. It's it's relationships. And then the work is on me to get those and to build relationships with them. And I've always worked exclusively by referral. So I was always proud of my numbers. I'm like, oh, it's only by referral. You guys are the first um, silo of business I had 
in addition to referral, but I feel like it's still relationships. So yeah. it works for me. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of both. It's not like, it's not pay-per-click or it's not buying leads. It's kind of like, well, we're running paid ads, but the purpose of the paid ads is to actually to help you build your brand and get more referrals. A hundred percent. And branding's like a big deal to me. Branding and marketing, I'm kind of passionate about. So it just fell right in line with things that I knew were really important to business. Karen, how long did it actually take you to feel like you were getting results that was worthy of the investment that you had made into platform marketing? Because I remember when you were at, it would have been the, it would have been the mastermind in San Antonio, right? Yeah. And like things were going okay. Like you were like, yeah, it's fine. And it was like at that event, if I remember correctly, that you actually crunched the numbers and you realized like, oh yeah. wait, my business is actually really growing. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally what I looked up. I looked at that that note that I'd sent you guys because I remembered sitting in the audience and I was like, hey, let me look at my numbers. And that's how I pulled up these to compare it to. Uh, for me, it was about a year because it and it wasn't like a gradual thing. It was kind of crazy, right? Like you're having conversations and people aren't responding. Like I'm reaching out and they're like super vague or the proverbial, I'm just researching. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just researching. I'm not ready. I'm just researching. That's what they always say. Um, and which, so which kind is of kind of like demoralizing if you hear that in a row for 12 months. Right. I'm just researching. And so, but it helps you refine your responses, right? Of like, I love researchers. I like to research too. Um, but right around a year, all of a sudden, everyone was contacting, like the stories were different. The conversations were different. People are like sending me pictures of their dogs. They're talking about their kids. They're talking about their plans, their concerns, their hopes, their everything. And it was all of a sudden, I think I had built up enough credibility. I was even out at a coffee shop and somebody like walked by the table and then they came back and they're like, wait, I know you. Um, and I think it took a year for people to really get enough content, enough touches, enough exposures to my different, who am I and what I'm about, where then they felt like they knew me. And then it was a whole different conversation. And that's, it was about a year, but it happened suddenly where I was like, they're talking to me, they're sharing. They're not just saying they're researching now. It was, it was an overnight success that took 12 months. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that is aligned, right. With this idea of high hanging fruit and yep. the platform strategy that like, you know, getting leads is not the hard part. Like any, any marketing company that primarily brags about the number of leads they're going to get you. It's like, well, that's the easy part of marketing. Like, I mean, honestly, like anyone with a credit card and a pulse can get leads. Like if you can fog a mirror, you can get leads, right? It's yep. converting leads and staying top of mind with leads and actually getting to the point where you're having real conversations with those people that are hopefully actually turning into appointments. You know, that's the mm -hmm. difficult part of marketing. And I think that's what you're talking about. It took 12 months to get to that point where people actually started talking with you, setting appointments and, you know, yeah. and you kind of rounded, rounded that corner. Um, if, yep. if, if you could go back you know, seeing what you've seen now, because you're coming up on, you know, in the in the fall of this year, it'll have been three years yeah. of the platform, um, which, which is pretty awesome because we don't have contracts. Right. So, I mean, like, any, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any, like, wow. any month you could quit if you didn't think it was working. So that's that's a uh, that's pretty cool. If you know, now that you're almost three years in, if you could go back and do something different in the first year, is there anything you would have done differently now knowing what you know about, you know, what it really takes to succeed with this? I think the only thing I could have changed, because I was pretty proud of myself and that um, as far as content creation, I would have done more. 
Um, I think it's, it's always hard if somebody's starting out and they're not comfortable with video, especially. And now you guys are doing some super awesome posts that are just photos. So I think, you know, that helps people a little bit to ease into it, but you have to get through that comfort of video, but you can, you know, I would have filmed more video, more content. I was proud because I did those market updates or, you know, the local business highlights. I love those having those monthly. Um, and I have not missed a single month, which I'm super proud of, but there's so many more ideas that you guys throw at us that just getting out of my own way and saying like, Oh, well that's hard. Or like, it doesn't work in my market. Like that's, that's been a challenge in some of them of like, I'm like, well, I can see why it works in your market, but it doesn't really work here. Um, but I've learned just like whatever you guys suggest, just like freaking do it, you know, do it. And it often has a funny way of working out. I know. And then you're like, well, look at that. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So one, one other question I wanted to ask you right away, Karen is time management. How do you do it? I mean, that's a, if, if anyone follows Karen on, on social, (laughs) they see she's like doing everything every day. I mean, you have a daily CrossFit wad, you, um, you feel like you're traveling all the time. Like you go out to deep Creek, like, do do you have a place out there or do you guys rent usually or? No, we've tried, we tried to explore. There's one property and one only that we want to buy. So we know exactly which one we want and it's not on the market right now. So we're waiting for that specific house. Um, so we've tried different parts of the lake out. So now I'm a, I'm an expert at that area now though, (laughs) but yeah, we try to go at least two to three times a year. Yeah. So, I mean, I see you're constantly out in deep Creek Lake, which is a lake in way, way, way like Western Maryland. It's really, I mean, closer Mm -hmm. to like West Virginia than anything. Um, and you, I mean, you guys bought some property out in Montana. I know in like Northern yeah. Montana, kind of by Glacier, right? Yeah. We have 20 acres in Kalispell. Kalispell. Yep. And, uh, so, I mean, I see you flying out there every now and then <laughs> to enjoy that property you guys bought. Um, yep. I mean, just everything you're doing with client gifts to helping clients renovate their houses, interior <laughs> design. And like, you have a really cool VIP gifting strategy because you kind of have yeah. a special, cadre of clients I know that you categorize as VIPs and you give them several gifts throughout the year. And these aren't like stupid trinkets where, you know, it's like (laughs) pop by gifts that some agents do. I mean, you really give like premium gifts to those VIP clients and there's a lot of thought and effort that goes into that. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But when, when I look at your like social media feed, I mean, you're constantly posting pictures of what you're up to videos of what you're up to you know, whether it's, hey, I'm at an inspection or, hey, we're coordinating the listing video or photography or negotiating offers or, you know, helping a client move or, hey, I had to quick help a client mow their lawn before pictures, cause it, <laughs> whatever, right? Like you just seem super busy. And I know a common question you get is like, yeah. how do you pack everything into a day? Like what does your time management philosophy look like? Because I know that the actual phrase time management, I've always had an issue with that because it's like, well, everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. It's not that somehow Karen finds a way to get more done in an hour. I think it's an issue of priorities, right? Of like you schedule things in your day and like this will get done. So I'd be interested to hear what is your philosophy and time management and how the hell do you fit all of that into like a given week in the life of Karen Hall? Yeah. I mean, that's the number one question that every, as soon as I see somebody in person, they follow me and they're like, Oh my God, you make me exhausted. Like following you makes me so tired, but it's awesome on the other side where I've had people like straight up message me and they're like, you know what, if I'm having a dragging day or I'm tired, they're like, well, you know what? Karen Hall was probably already solved world hunger, written a book, you know, gone for a run, like done this and this. And it, I love that it inspires people to do more stuff. 
Um, I had somebody reach out to me. They wanted me to be a speaker about, I na- I came up as somebody who's systematic. I'm like, I don't feel very systematic in my, my minutes. I don't know. I, I think that's my superpower is mastery of minutes. I've gotten very good at being super efficient. I, I don't waste a single minute in the day. Um, you know, I try to get up, hit the ground running and I just have a plan for what I have to accomplish. And I think it's, I don't think it's a certain technique of time management. Like you said, I think I'm just hyper aware of exactly how many minutes something is going to take. And then I make sure that I use every single minute. And if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. You know, there's been times with the videos, right? It's hard to fit in videos when you're doing 500 million things. Um, but I, I do well, especially when there's a challenge and I can't tell you, we're like, we hit like seven businesses or something in like an hour and a half. We're like, we're going to go here, 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 here. Um, it's just, if you say you're going to get it done, you just figure out a way to do it. You know, if you need to infuse accountability and that's probably what half of it is on, on social, I'm like, I'm doing this today. I mean, the gifting program, same thing. I set it up. So there's accountability. So I don't allow myself options to not do the things I say I'm going to do. And then somehow just by nature, I get in 500 million things. You know, it's not, I I heard, um, I was reading a book and I think one of their quotes was you just don't like not doing it is not, it's not a decision. Like you don't allow it to be a decision whether or not you're going to do something. It's, oh, I'm tired or I like running late or whatever. So I'm just not going to go to CrossFit today. Well, it's not a decision you're allowed to make. It's just something that you're going to do in your day. You yeah, know? I mean, there's, it's always interesting to me how some realtors that I know for a fact are doing way less business than you are. They'll be like, oh, I don't have time for videos. It's like, well, if Karen Hall has time for <laughs> videos with the other like 49 things she does every day. Surely you can go out and film some retargeting videos. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, it's worth repeating in case someone was just, you know, glossed over what you said before you've been a, you know, a platform client now for nearly three years and you have never missed the monthly market update video yeah. where you go film it at a local business or whatever. Like you've never missed one the entire time you've been a platform client. I mean, that's, that's remarkable considering how busy, you are on a day-to-day basis. So let's like walk through a day in the life of Karen Hall. Like what time do you typically wake up in the morning, Karen? I usually get up around six. Um, and I always, always start with like my two cups of coffee. And that's like the only quiet time I have the whole entire day. I'm one of those annoying people that posts an, a motivational quote every morning. And if I don't, then people will message me and be like, where's my quote? <laughs> are you okay? Karen, um, so are you okay? Like, I know, they're like, are you all right? And Someone, the quote? Someone's taken Karen. There was no motivational <laughs> meme in my feed today. Someone reach out, like, call 911. Excuse me, I need my quote. Um, so that's like literally the only time, but it, it makes me frame my day with something more of like gratitude or habits or something that's kind of in a personal development. It's just me scrolling through, coming up with a quote being mindful and thinking about posting something that can maybe inspire or motivate somebody else while I drink my two cups of coffee. And is that, is that an hour every morning or half an hour? How long does that probably lollygag it into like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Okay. Um, So that's like six to six 45, let's call it. Yep. Yep. So then usually by up and then I'm just up and running of like, okay, time to get my shower, get ready, get out the door, take the dog, like feed the dogs, let the dogs out. There's like three dogs in my house right now. (laughs) And you have all, are they all German shepherds or? And we have a German shepherd and a pot cake. Um, and then my son has a Dutch shepherd. So she's home right now from college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you got to get them up and running and then um, just head out. And it, it, every single day is something different. So, so it's you're not basically even really... like, you're like starting your day. You're in the car, in the Tesla, driving out of the driveway at what? 7.15, 7.30? Usually by eight. Like usually eight? by okay. eight by the time I get everybody up and running and I have all my stuff together. because it, And it depends on where I'm going, you know where am I going? Am I going to a client's house? Am I showing houses? Am I 
meeting a contractor? Am I going to the office? Like every single day is something completely different. Um, and so I just know, okay, I have these objectives I've got to accomplish and then I can usually fit them in between wherever I'm going. Okay. But so. then I usually finish up. I start, I leave, I try to complete whatever I'm doing so that I can run out of the house around 345 to go to CrossFit. So and your then CrossFit's CrossFit at what? Like, four, four fifteen? CrossFit is four to five. Four to five. And okay. then I've I've literally been known to like finish the workout, run in the restroom, change into a dress, and run out and go to a client's house. But that's my one window is like four to five. I tell people I'm in meetings from four to five. So yep. It's it's a meeting with uh with uh CrossFit, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So do you do you eat breakfast? Do you eat lunch? I mean, what does like your schedule look like? Are you are you are you intermittent like fasting or every single I'm struggling lately? I was doing better. So I track my macros usually, and then that's easier because I just have like the same lunch and the same kind of dinner. I've been completely off the rails because I've been so busy this year. Um, but literally breakfast every morning is I could be curling my hair while I'm eating a bowl of yogurt. That's the same exact yogurt every single morning. Um, okay. and that's other than that, people are trying to make sure I eat and drink water throughout the day. <laughs> and then unfortunately I do a very bad job at like, I, as soon as I'm done with CrossFit, I'm back on my computer. Like I eat whatever I got. Sometimes I'm eating and working and then I'm maybe typing up an offer who knows. Um, and I'm not very good at turning off my computer until maybe between nine, nine 30, 10, um, late this season, this year, I've been working about 15 hours a day, seven wow. days a week. Wow. Um, because I just don't turn it off at night. And then, so you're, you're, uh, you're a definitely in the mentality of like the work hard, play hard camp. Yeah. I think you have to earn it. Like, that's how I tell myself, like if I'm going to have a break or I'm going to have a, a, like a trip, if we're going to go to Montana, if we're going to do something, I'm usually kind of working when I go there, I'm not completely off, um, at all, but I can do most things remote, but I feel like I have to earn it. Like I have to cram it as much as I can in order to kind of dial back the pace a little bit. Sure. I mean, obviously like when you're at the point where you're selling, you know, probably this year you'll hit about 20 million plus in production and you don't have a big team. No, I'm trying to build it, but that's been me. I've been averaging. That's you six, selling 20 six million. To 11 houses under contract at once is what I've been averaging. And I'm literally trying to hire to build a team, but it's just me right now. Do you have uh, do you have an assistant or what does the structure look like of the business? Yeah, I have a chief of staff is what I call her. She kind of does everything. Um, like I throw everything at her. It will literally be like, Hey, your next meeting is this time. Hey, drink water. Hey, <laughs> let me go get a lockbox off. So she kind of does everything, um, for me. Um, I, she hasn't been, I haven't been, I've been moving so fast that she hasn't been able to keep up with me as well lately. Um, and then we have another person at the company that kind of helps us with event planning and some of the, those, those gift prep. So the two of them have really been taking on our client appreciation program is like the heart blood of everything. And even all my platform clients get rolled into my VIP program. So sure. the gifts are so high touch and highly curated that they've been taking on most of that workload. Cause I just haven't been here to do it. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of building a long-term business. And it's probably why you've seen the growth, a trajectory of your business uh, grow so rapidly, right? Like it's not like you sold 7 million the year before platform and then the next year you sold 8 million and then the next year you sold nine. It's like you went from, you know, seven to 12 to 16 now to like 20 plus. Mm -hmm. And it's because you have new leads coming in, right? Like you're building your brand, but you're also turning those uh, clients into kind of evangelists for you because you have this VIP program. So each client begets multiple other clients because when those people are that fired up about Karen Hall and your brand, you know, they're going to tell their friends, 
right? So every client turns into uh, multiple future clients. So tell me, yeah. Karen, about the VIP program. I know that that's what you've called it. You have a VIP client program. And does every client become a VIP or how do that works? Uh, what is what is the strategy behind all this? Yeah, I mean, I have a group of people. Um, I just recently finally just started to call them VIPs because before that I was like, oh, these are my peeps. <laughs> and it was so loose. I even literally one year or one Easter I had a t-shirt and said, have your peeps call my peeps. And that's what they got was peeps. So they got a text video. Um, but I just kind of started, I realized, okay, on my Facebook, I have um, a ton of people that follow me and never really interact. And then I realized that when they would, people started engaging and they referred themselves as a we. So they'd be like, you have to tell us what happened. We want to know this. Sure, and so sure. they've taken on their own fan base on just my Facebook page. And I was like, okay, let me give them more, a little more of a collective. Um, but it's sometimes it's people, those people have been on there on the list. Some of them have been for 15 years with me. Um, oh, wow. I have I like literally the same people. I have a lady, um, some clients are under contract now on their million dollar listing. I just got a referral fee because they bought a house that was 2.7 in Florida, 2.7 million. She was one of my very first clients with a previous husband and I helped them like rent a condo, then her buy a condo, sell a condo, found her mom a property he bought this property and now they're selling this, but they've been, they stick with me forever. Um, and, and so some people like, on there on the list at the same time, I've never even done a transaction with, but they're my biggest advocates. They'll go on social media and be like, Oh my gosh, you have to call Karen. And so people will just randomly be like, Oh, I saw you on Facebook and so-and-so said you're great. Um, so I'm going to so put some- you on the spot here. Can I join your VIP program? Can I become <laughs> a VIP? You want to get gifts every month. Yes. I would like to become an advocate of Karen Hall on Facebook, and I would like to be a VIP member. I will make you a VIP. I'll put you on the gift list. Okay. I will text you all my information, and I want (laughs) gifts every month. That sounds terrific. Like The gifts that just went out yesterday are kind of crazy, over-the-top curated, and I already had one text me this morning, and she's like, thanks so much for the package. She's like, my sister was visiting, and she was completely impressed. She's like, one day, maybe we can be as cool as Karen. Um, but they leave an impression and then so, they tell other people. So like, what is an example of a gift? Let's dive into like the specifics of what this VIP gifting program looks like. What are, what are, you know, what is an example of some of the gifts you've given and what is your budget every month for the gifting strategy? Cause obviously yeah. this is not cheap or free. Yeah. The budget's gotten a little bit out of hand, but it was on purpose. Like I think, um, people don't look at it the right way necessarily. For example, the ones that we sent out yesterday, it was about $450 for the shipping alone, but, um, that was 55 boxes. And I know, you know, value of time that would take me two drivers and two passengers over a two day period to deliver them. And every single time I do this, I get at least one client every single time I get at least one deal out of it. So for me, I'm like $400 just on the shipping alone. Okay. That's worth it. Um, and then the gifts, I mean, they probably do end up, it wouldn't surprise me if the components alone are probably 20 to $30. If you had like one time we made a burlap wreaths. If you tried to buy those on Etsy, they're about $75 a piece. And instead I turned like my conference room into a sweatshop and put my parents to work for like three days with mask on. Um, but the one, like a couple months ago, we sent out, we made our own scents for a room spray and a candle um, tied it in with cherry blossoms. It was a custom package box. And I can't tell you how many people contacted me. were like, I have Googled everywhere. It's not on Amazon. Where do I buy more of these freaking candles and room sprays? Um, two people yesterday responded and like, I need a candle because I didn't get one. And Karen mailed those out two months ago. Um, so you just become so top of mind with something that they can't get anywhere else. 
Um, so you are you are you are sending a gift every month. That's something like a premium candle or a wreath yeah. or uh, what are some other examples of like the specific gifts that you've given? The ones that we're they're getting today is actually and you always I always tell people to tie it back to your brand, like tie it to what you're known for. So the one is super hyper. So we're known for cars. I have a fair fleet of vehicles and people know them by name and they ask me what car I brought and all this kind of stuff. So we designed um, custom coffee is another thing I'm known for. So we got two different blends that we made of coffee. We actually put them in tins that are more like an automotive kind of theme um, in a custom box. And then we made custom labels that have even a rendering of one of my two different cars. So one's got the Defender and one's got the Maserati. Um, and so it's a box that has like two kind of clean oil rags and like a spoon and two tins of coffee. And then that was kind of a big deal. Cause I wanted to include a little note that was kind of a mid-year celebration note of like, sure. Hey, this year has been awesome. You guys are fueling my business. I'm so excited. We get to have our big, we have our huge annual client event next month. Um, that's a barbecue and crab feast. And so I wanted this one to be a little bigger cause it includes the invitation and stuff like that. Am I invited? Um, that's since literally I'm a what VIP. people are getting today is a very fancy box that has like graphics. It's got Le Mans. It's got all this stuff on it um, and coffee tents in it. Am I invited to that since I'm now a VIP? <laughs> Do you want to come to Virginia? Yeah, it's a barbecue and crabs. As of like five, 10 minutes ago, I became a VIP. So am I going to get an invite for that? <laughs> I can send I can text you an invite for that. And then I have extra coffee. What does the economic structure of this look like? Because you know, you're probably spending $20 a month or so on the actual gift itself, plus another $10 per per gift on shipping. So, I mean, really every month, it's about $30 per person yep. in the VIP group. And you said, as of right now, there's about 75 VIPs you have. So actually yeah. 76 counting me now. And so <laughs> if... Yeah, I was, I was running at like a top 50 every year, but then I've bumped it up a little by little. So now I'm about at 75. And then, so I'm just doing quick math here. 75 times about 30 bucks a month. You're spending several thousand dollars a month on yeah. the on the VIP program. But yeah. the, the important part is you said, hey, I'm spending, you know, let's just call it about $2,000 a month on this VIP program. But every mm -hmm. time you do it without fail you get a fresh referral from that group every month. And that's probably making you, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 of a commission yeah. there. So it's actually very wise from a marketing perspective. You're not just throwing this money out there blindly hoping that at some point in the distant future, you get rewarded mm -hmm. for it. You know, you see a very clear return on investment from this VIP program. So what what qualifies someone to be a, a VIP? Is it just everyone you've ever worked with ever? Or is it only no. clients that you build a deeper relationship with? Or kind of what's your process for deciding who uh, who becomes a VIP? Yeah, it's literally anybody that you think is going to be likely to refer you business or repeat business with you. And not even like immediately. Like I put some of these people on for, you know, short term. And like I said, some of these people, I've never even had a transaction. Like I tried to help them with a rental 15 years ago and I didn't. But again, this area is unique because they're so transient. So they come back, sure, you know? Sure. So I've, I've got some of these are getting gifts and they're not even here anymore, but they're connected to people that, and they'll post on their social media now and say, oh my gosh, like, if you're going to this region, like Karen is the only realtor you have to use. Um, but it's just such a ripple effect that you don't even know. It's kind of like the fuzzy ROI that you guys talk about. It's the same thing with the gifting program. Like one of my uh, clients, she's very close with a realtor that's in my marketplace. And that realtor is awesome. I like her, 
But I had a conversation. She's like, oh, every time she gets a gift, she sends me pictures of the gift that you sent her. And it's like, you should do this. Um, That's awesome. and, and I'm the one with her business. So it does, it sets you apart from what you're doing. But I mean, the very first, um, when we used to do the market update videos, I would do like a gift or a giveaway. And the very first one I ever did with a market update and gave him a gift, they bought a house last year for 488,000. Um, I was set up, I was going to do property management and keep them and they was going to come back. Instead, I just sold it for 565 this year. Okay. Well, that was from one little gift and he was even on the client appreciation. The yeah, VIP like years, program years ago. Like yeah. He's only on there for a year, but I mean, boom, that's two transactions just like that because I turned him into a VIP, but it's no, anybody who I get it. Cause there's some people I'm working with right now, to be honest, that I won't necessarily put on the VIP. So it's not a recent thing. It's just, do I click with them? Do I feel like I get, I have a lot in common with them. Do I feel like there's an opportunity for a relationship there? Yeah. So it's basically people that you actually end up developing sort of a friendship or a relationship with. Yeah. Um, have you, have you ever had people, cause I'm sure like for all the realtors listening to this podcast right now, I bet a fear they have is like, Oh, that sounds good. But what about, what if people start commenting on Facebook? Why am I not in the VIP group? If they were a yeah. recent client, like has that happened or how do you handle that? I know that's a big concern. Cause I had to, um, tiptoe around that for a while. And the, like the one today, I felt a little bit concerned because it was such a over the top gift that I could only do 60 of them. So I just posted on my thing and I'll be like, Hey, unfortunately this one was so limited. I had to do limited edition. I could only do limited quantities um, because these people know if they're my VIPs that I set the expectation at the beginning of the year for the ones that are regulars, they know that they're one of the VIPs. And so it's always a little awkward. Cause I'll post that I'm go watch when I'm doing deliveries and they're like, Hey, are you headed to me next? Like they watch this like a hop. Um, but it was just, I kind of, you know, a lot of people that I'd never done a deal with, they'd start engaging with me a lot on social. They were super supportive. And so I was like, let me just add them on there. Um, and some people were out of the area and would ask like, Hey, well, can I, they, can I get one too? Well, then they sent me a referral. So I'd be like, Oh, well you sent me this referral. She's amazing. Like you're totally a VIP now. Um, so it almost feels like a sense of meritocracy where they have to earn being a VIP. It's not just like, Hey, everyone who's ever bought or sold a house with Karen Hall becomes a VIP. It's so it's, it's not really the same thing as a client appreciation group or a client, you know, a private client group. It's like, these are like, it's a true VIP group. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and I don't know. I think if you word things carefully and you treat things delicately and you're not disparaging and you don't like these people will start, um, I won't talk about the gifts and then other people will start posting them as they get them and they'll tag them on there. But it seems like, I think if you're just super careful about the ones that you're picking, then people know, it's like you said, it's like you give a whole vision to what this VIP community is about. And then people kind of know deep down if they do or don't belong in the community. You know what I mean? What do, what, what do you typically do for your annual client appreciation events? I know that you said you're doing a big, this year's a big, uh, like a barbecue, but I'm sure, yeah. you know, uh, it, you know, as people are listening to this podcast and they're thinking like, holy shit, she spends two grand a month just on <laughs> client gifts every single month. It's not like an annual yeah. thing. It's every month you're spending a couple thousand dollars on gifts for your VIP group. What are her client appreciation events look like? You know, is she like renting out an entire football stadium, box suites? I mean, like, <laughs> what do those events yeah. look like? And how do you how do you foster that culture, I guess, in the VIP group to where they actually become fans of you? Because this is an interesting marketing psychology question. It's like, you know, you can send out the coolest gifts in the world and they can be really expensive, but if there's not 
an actual sense of culture of like we actually deep down really like working with Karen Hall and she seems really cool. You could send, you know, people, you know, jewelry from Tiffany, you know, and it like yeah. it's, it's not necessarily going to mean they're going to start sending a bunch of referrals to you if they actually don't like you. Right. And they feel a part of this yeah. cool club. So how have you fostered or designed that sense of culture to where it actually feels like an exclusive club, I guess, that people are proud to be a part of? Yeah, I think um, there's so much psychology in it where I've had people in the past that were like, you didn't have to bring me pumpkin bread. Like I send you referrals because you're good. And they were almost offended, like, because that's the default setting, right? Is like, oh, well, realtors, well, this realtor sent me this thing, this because she wants business. But I think because they're part of this community, everything is led with gratitude. Like they know that I appreciate them and their business. And then, you know, any little mailers or anything, I'm like, Hey, I appreciate you sending me people that are cool. Like you, like my goal is to help as many people as possible. And then everything reminding them of my brand. They just know that I'm authentic. And I'm like, if they, if you're known for being authentic and these videos reinforce it, right? Like they feel like they know the real me, then they don't question when you're giving them a gift and you're like, I really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Then it's not the, oh, she did this because she has ulterior motives. Um, and I think then they feel like it's just an authentic thing and people want to be a part of it, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's just all in the messaging and it's all in the gifts. But the the big event, we started out with originally because one year somebody was like, oh, I want to have a barbecue. And we get all behind that. Well, now we do everything we do. It's kind of I think we try to do high touch. So it's high impression. So then people have this big experience and we've been doing the, it's called hogs and claws. We've been doing it every year for probably this may be our fifth year. Last year we had to modify it obviously. Um, but we rent out a park, a huge pavilion at a park. We do have live musician. We have a face painter. We have um, one of these food trucks that's like ice cream and cookies. Um, and it's us doing the barbecue. So I think that's a big difference. We have like a 12 foot toe behind smoker. Um, and so, and we have live blue crabs brought in from the water and then we cook them there. And so oh, wow. a lot of it is experiential, you know, people like taking pictures with the crabs cause they've never seen like live blue crabs and they're like posing them with old bay cans and stuff. And then, um, the fact that the smoker is there and it's pumping out smoke. So many people just come over to the smoker and are like, Oh, like, did you do this? Like, did you do that? Well, what did you do next? And it's just the best barbecue they could get absolutely anywhere. And so it's not that's a little thing, but it's huge. It's not that we just catered out from yep. mission barbecue and had some trays brought in. Like they feel special at every touch because it's so well thought You're out. You're actually giving them a story to tell their friends. And so if they're going to post a picture on social media, they'll probably actually write a paragraph with the picture, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever they'll mm -hmm. write a quick, you know, paragraph about like, it was so cool. They, you know, actually brought fresh, blue crabs here and they, you know, the barbecue was here and they're, you know, it is this story that you're giving them that they can tell their friends that they're kind of a member of this exclusive club that they got mm -hmm. to attend this where like being a, you know, a client of Karen Hall is almost like a social status, mm -hmm. right? Like it's something they're proud to tell their friends. Like I know Karen Hall, I work with her, you know, where you should almost feel lucky that Karen works with you. Right. Yeah. They post so many, one's been posting her memories over the last week because we've had it different years and different days. So it would pop up as her memory and she like shares it on her Facebook page. Like this was from three years ago. This was from two years ago. Um, yeah, and at this point, because my niche is so targeted because it's military clients. So at this point, some of them know each other. Or they've met and they're like, hey, are you were there? Well, I was there. And so it just further deepens that connections because 
they have something in common for the most part, because 95 at least percent of my clients are military. Oh, wow. So that's going to give them to be able to come together and be like, wait, I know. And again, this is all referral. So half the time, like they sent me this person and that person, this person. So then they, it, it, they want to all come together. I think this year is going to be at one point we had close to 500 people attending this event. I think, um, you say 500. (laughs) <laughs> I think, and then we dialed it down a little bit. So for the quality, I think then we were, the last one was around 350. We could, I, I don't know, we might be 250 this year. I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm trying that's, to make it a, still, a lot more that's still massive. I think most, <laughs> most realtors would be thrilled if they could get 50 people to show up to their client appreciation events. I mean, that's, that's insane. You should see us at Restaurant Depot. <laughs> I have carts and carts of pork butts and very long receipts. Um, wow. And then in, in December, we do a um, community event with Santa. So we have like legit the most amazing Santa ever. And he comes here and we just open up the, the place for the community. And we're like, come hang out and have a moment with Santa. So it's not just pictures then like the mall. They get to come here. They literally get to like make hot cocoa and cookies. And Santa's like, oh, did you get this last year? I remember you asked for this. And um, so they have a whole experience instead of just, oh, I took my picture with Santa at the mall. So we try to go experiential and, and not of it. I know it also scares people when you tell people like how much money I'm spending. I didn't do that my entire career. Um, I've been doing right. this it's, for 18 it's scaled years. scaled as so, your business has scaled. Yeah, exactly. And some of it, like, I mean, for St. Patrick's Day, for example, super cheap. I do um, lottery scratchers, which you're not supposed to technically mail, but I mail lottery scratchers and everyone reaches out to me. They're like, I want a dollar or like, it just gives you an excuse to have a conversation right, with somebody. Exactly. It's just, it's it just keeping you top of mind in a creative way. Excuses for conversations. That's all we're lacking is because people don't want to reach out because they don't have a reason to call because they feel like they're bothering or they're needy. And that's what this does. It just creates conversations. But it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be thousands. It could be a handwritten note on a paper note card that happens to have flower seeds embedded in it. And you can plant it and you grow it into something. Just... High thought, high authenticity. Yeah, just something that gives you an excuse to regularly stay in contact with your database. Exactly. But every single one, oh, we got the candles. Oh, by the way, our friend's moving. Oh, hey, thank you so much for this gift I got last month. I forgot to say thank you. Um, let me introduce you. My buddy's going to be calling you. He's buying a, buying a house. He's selling a house every single time. Every event has at least two people that walk up to me. It was the last person I ever would have thought of. And they're like, Hey, by the way, we're thinking about selling and we want to, we want to buy a house and we want to sell ours. And I'm like, you just bought like a year and a half ago. It's the last person I expected that every single time. Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you look at the actual numbers, right. Cause I know a lot of realtors listening are like, okay, you know, that sounds super cool, but I'm not going to spend $50,000 on an event or even $10,000 on an event, you know? It's like, well, let's say you did spend five grand on an event or $10,000. Like if that creates an immediate, essentially 20 or 30,000 or 40,000 in potential referrals and commission checks, plus all the long-term goodwill that you're generating with your brand. Like that's a huge part of the reason you've grown your business from 7 million to now this year, you'll do over 20 million is because you're always making those relational investments. And that's, again, yeah. that's in one of the most competitive real estate markets in the country. Like, I want to keep repeating that, that a lot of people think, well, yeah, maybe that would work in a less sophisticated area. But everyone knows, right, if you're sending out gifts or if you're doing client appreciation events, everyone knows you're just doing it because you're trying to get more referrals. It's like, but humans are humans, right? I look at, yeah, I look at the people that are in smaller markets and I'm like, 
well, yeah, like Heather Mutz can go in and dominate, you know, her one little town in Texas because like everybody, it's easy. Like everybody knows everybody at the baseball practice or like whatever. And I'm like, everybody here knows a realtor. Like my clients get upset because they refer people to me all the time. And then they're like, did that person reach out? And I was like, no, they didn't. Like, I know it's upsetting, but they're like, I don't understand. I'm like, cause everybody knows 10 realtors yep. and they all think they're exactly the same. So it's really hard to try to set yourself. Yeah, apart. I mean, if, if but like people, but like dollars of people are spending here instead, I think because it's so competitive, how many realtors are spending thousands, thousands of dollars on things like Zillow or Boomtown or this and that, like, what do you do with that? You get a list and you try it for a few months and then you don't, you're like, Oh, that didn't work. And then you bounce. Like people don't stay with that usually for three years in my experience, but like, what do you, how much are you, what are you spending your money on? You know, I looked at like realtor.com leads or something like that. And the prices were, I was like, you want me to pay this much for the small percentage that I might be able to convert this one person it was like, no, you know, like I looked at my platform stuff. And since I started, I've gotten 6.2 million impressions on my account. That's awesome. 6.2 million impressions and three second video plays. I know a lot, but that was 1.2 million. Yeah. Well, what? <laughs> and like, you know, more impressive is the end result that your business has grown to 20 million. Cause like, cause you can have all the impressions in the world. Who cares about that? If it's not exactly. actually translating into business growth, but the proof is that it's actually translating into business growth in one of the most like competitive markets yeah. in the country, you know? And I think a lot of agents will, you know, uh, see what, see what someone like you is doing for your brand building and VIP group and these events and how much you spend on ads and everything. And they're like, well, I would never want to spend that amount of money. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. but you're, you know, Karen is probably going to make, you know, 500,000 in GCI this year, six or 700,000, something like that is probably what you'll end up at this year. And so it makes sense that you're spending so much money on marketing because like who in their right mind thinks that someone out there is entitled to make half a million dollars a year without taking any risk to get there. It's like, yeah. I think, I, I think some realtors sometimes need a wake up call or a reminder that like, if you're doing this well, you get paid a lot more than even doctors or lawyers do. Yeah. And so like, if you think that you should be able to make an easy $500,000 a year and you shouldn't have to spend a lot of money on marketing to get to that point, yeah. like you're delusional, you know? Yeah. Like, of, of, of course you have to make serious investments, you know, like your, you know, like, like the VIP investment, like that every year, you're probably spending yeah. $25,000 on every yeah. year. You're probably spending, I bet, uh, another $30,000 almost on your platform marketing strategy once you factor mm -hmm. in ad spend and everything you're doing with that. And yeah. so just those two things alone, you're spending over $50,000 a year on, right? But it's like, well, if you run the numbers and you realize like, yeah, okay, Karen spends $50,000 a year on marketing, but she's also bringing in 500, 600,000. It puts that mm -hmm. into perspective real quick of, oh, that's actually a pretty good return on investment. That's like a, yeah. that's a 10 to one ratio on marketing budget versus your income. So it's like, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think people just don't even, I mean, it's, it's, it's all mindset, right? Like, cause I've had, I've met with agents in the past and they're like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm helping these renters. And like the money's just not in it. And I'm like, how much do you spend? Are you buying leads from this company? And I'm like, so this is a free audition. I was like, you're working with a renter. You it, like, you're paying leads, paying to buy leads for something. And then trying to convince these people that you're a good fit and you're a value when they think that you just are going to open a door 
or you help someone who's like eternally grateful and you should do that for free, but you're getting paid $200. It's a $200 paid audition. That's what it is. And they're like, Oh, you know, but it's just reframing everything. And, and like you said, even the, the videos, it's, um, it's not even just clients, you get referrals, like, and it's people that aren't, I always tell people the ones who are not commenting and engaging on your Facebook page are usually the ones that are paying the closest attention. I'll um, like the ducks in a row video was huge for me where, you know, you define what's high performing or, or this and that it's all different definitions. Is it engagement? Is, did you get a piece of business out of it? You can define performing differently. Um, but I had just done the ducks in a row video. And then I went to a um, event at Virginia realtors at the Commonwealth at the state level. I had at least six people that came up to me during a reception and were like, Oh my gosh, the ducks in a row video. Um, and so then you're top of mind with, people that are in your, that are going to refer you business also, because they see you doing something different. It's not something they were comfortable doing. Um, but it just becomes part of your brand, but that ducks in it. I mean, so many people are talking about the ducks and I'm like, okay, guess that was a attention grabbing. So what are some of the other videos that you've done, Karen, that, um, people have referenced or that like, after you put out this, the, you know, this like retargeting ad or that video that, people were actually stopping you in real life and saying, Oh, I love that video. Or, Hey, I saw that video. What have been maybe your top two or three best ads that you've run using the platform strategy? I mean, I think, you know, so it's funny because for me, I'm so heavy into branding. Like I'm, I would, people don't even realize that marketing and branding are totally different things. It kind of shocks me, but I'm like, branding is decided by other people that follow you. They decide what, and I met with a realtor last week in my market that wasn't in my market. And she's like, yeah, I know you for like your dogs and your cars and your CrossFit and your macros. I started doing macros because you do macros and you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, all of that is communicated through all the videos, you know? And so I try to sprinkle that through, but it's like, it gives you other ways to think about things. Like I, the highest, I looked at the highest views engaged video and it was about 70,000 people. And that was because I went to, um, it was a collaboration where I found a guy who does garage, like floors and makeovers. And I'm like, Hey, tell you what, like, let me help you. I can promote like a special for father's day. We'll do my garage as a like makeover kind of thing. Um, and it was like a before and after and promoted his business. And I had 70 something thousand views on that, which is kind of crazy. Um, wow. But, and then I have a few that people kind of targeted. One was like super authentic talking about a military, um, like a military family and how they kind of are displaced a little bit. Um, and you know, just a moment, it's like capturing moments and making those into videos. And they're, like you said, they're stories and they're authentic. And that one had like 30,000 engagements with it as well. Um, but I think it's the, when people see me, they reference things that I posted like two, three months ago. And I'm like, how do you even remember this stuff? Like they remember the stuff and I don't. And they're like, oh, I meant to ask you this question. Like, I saw that you went here, or that you did that. Well, let me ask you about that. But it's more just general impressions of who you are and they get you, you know? How much, how much are you typically spending every month, Karen, on the actual ads, like the actual Facebook advertising budget? I can't remember what my current budget is right now. I think we're at like 2,500 right now. Um, during uh, COVID, when COVID hit, I listen to you guys and I'm like, whatever Tim says, that's what I do. And you're like, the costs are down. And I'm like, no brainer. Everyone is on Facebook right now. They're locked down and they're home. I think at one point we were up to what, like 10 K a month or something. That's awesome. Like, wow. We like threw some major number at it, but I think my retargeting audience had grown to like a, some giant number at the time. Um, but I was like, whatever you guys say do, that's what I do. <laughs> and it's not a coincidence 
that since then you made that oh, investment yeah. that your business is now like essentially doubled. Yeah. Like that's not a coincidence that, you know, yeah. those, those, you those two things are not unrelated. Like, you're like, if you double down right now and I think it'd be like triple or quadrupled down or something for like a period of three or four months. And then now I think, um, Lee had emailed me last night. There's like 250 people that she's keeping an eye on as far as warm conversations. And we're going to try to do another touch to them. But she just emailed me that last night because those people are all like, Oh, I'm thinking in a year. Oh. And some of them will shock you. And they say that they're not moving anytime soon, but if you have a conversation with them and you have a solution, I had one that was like, oh yeah, I'm in a lease for like six more months. Well, I managed to get her out and she was under contract within two months or like a month or something. Wow. Yep. Um, so if you just pair up the skills and what you guys say to do and you get your message out there, that's what it all is, right? That's the not coincidence part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think there's something to be said about having having the courage, right? To like, Hey, I'm going to spend big and I'm going to invest big in my marketing. Cause I know it's going to work out in the long term. Like that's why your business has grown the way it has. I mean, you've essentially tripled your business since you started with platform. It's not because you're timid or weak or like, well, I'm just waiting for leads to call me. Right. I guess I'll just sit back and yeah. wait for the business to come. It's like, no, you're going out, you're filming videos, you're doing the photo retargeting ads when it's a photo you know, and you're investing in client appreciation events in the VIP group. It's like, well, it's not, it, it's, it's really not surprising that your business it all goes has together. Grown. But what you just said is like, I'm trusting, I'm not trusting in my marketing. I have confidence in my branding, but I have full trust in platform. Like I tell people all the time, there is no other company that I would even trust to manage it on a low budget. The only reasons I, and I learned pretty early on, cause I tried doing my own little Facebook ads and Nothing ever seemed to work. And you think you know what you're doing and you don't. And that's not even talking about the back end of like, how is this coded? How is this targeted? Like, beware. We just learned that this is a bad thing. Don't put, you know, don't include images of beer or a bar in it anymore. Like you guys stay on top of all that stuff, but it's, I figured out really quickly that whatever you say to do, it just works because that's what your experts at, but your forward thinkers, you stay on top of it. There's no way, but that's what I have the trust in. It's not, there's no other company. I'm like, I see people trying to run ads and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like wasting your money. Or we, I get pinged sometimes because people like somebody messaged me um, over the last month. He's like, this guy ripped your, your post off. I saw him posting it in another realtor. And is he even in that? What, what is he doing? How dare he? Um, I'm like, it's fine. Calm down. It'll be okay. Um, but it speaks to what you guys know in your stuff, but hundred percent, like no, you know, exaggeration. Like that's what I trust in. I trust that you know what you're doing way more than I do. And you're paying attention to it. And that's, that's why I'm like, okay, I'm all in whatever you say. That's what I'm doing. Karen, and it works obviously. Karen, what has your experience been like with attending the actual in-person uh, platform masterminds? Cause I know you've been to a couple now. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how important are in-person events to you and, you know, attending, attending those masterminds? Yeah, I love it because it's um it's kind of cool because you refer to it as like the plat fam and like the people that you've handpicked or that have gravitated towards this and find the value in it, they're so collaborative. Um, and I think it's only in person when you have those opportunities where you're like, oh my gosh, like this person is amazing. Cause you it's like I always say, don't be the smartest person in the room. Um, 
and there's so many opportunities, like even in your small groups and when you're local, like I'm one of those people that people are always coming up and asking questions to. So asking questions of, and I can go to an event like this and you're like, I didn't even know the Remy's like, oh my gosh, like I want to connect with the Remy's or like, Heather, you hear people's stories and then you go up to people in a break. And I had people lined up asking me this or that, or you could go out to lunches. Like you cannot get that. You don't even know that these people exist, you know, and they're in other markets and they're so eager to learn and collaborate or they'll message me all the time. or like, Hey, can we hop on a quick call? I have a question about this. And it's not even platform related stuff. It's like, how do you manage your time? Or like, how do I hire an assistant? Um, so it's, you don't get those unless you go in person. And I always, you guys bring in great like speakers um, or people that have different messages. It makes you think you get a takeaway of some sort, but it really is hearing the other members' strategies and what's working and isn't. And I think it, it forces you to debunk some of your excuses. You know, my very first event, they're like, you should come, you should come. I'm like, uh, I don't know if it's for me, like, you know, whatever. And then you sit there and you're like, okay, like I have no excuses. Like, why am I not doing this? So I think that's the only way you can force yourself to have the reality. And of like, if other people are doing this and I'm just so competitive, like you guys will throw down a challenge and you're like, who's going to film this? And it was like me and Bill were like, I was like, no, he cheated. I went into the movie theater because I was waiting <laughs> when they opened the door and that wasn't even movie popcorn. So um, it really does. It builds a family, but it pushes you. Bill's, like, even Bill's video doesn't count. It's not even movie theater popcorn. <laughs> I was like, he did not get that from a movie theater because I went once and they weren't open yet. And then I was waiting <laughs> when they opened the door. And that's the last one we did. Like we left, we did the others and we came back. You're and like, I was like, disqualify was him. I was like, that's not fair. Um, but it really does it. It just, you know, there's been times even I was so close to not filming one of my market updates because I was busy. I was slammed like the business that I wanted to go to didn't cooperate or like they didn't want me there. They were being difficult, whatever. And I think Emily said, I'm just saying like, this is the only one you haven't done. And I was like, ah, so we like forced 15 minutes of like, get in the car. We're going over here and we filmed it. And I sent it over to her, but nice. it, that's what it, that's part of the group. Right. But all those people I met was just helping them out being in an event. I didn't know Bill. I didn't know Neil. I didn't know all these people, but I was like, Hey, you need help. Let me help you with that. Um, and now we're all connected, you know. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, like other people have helped you too, because I'm sure you had questions 100%. about, you know, platform or like at at your very first platform mastermind. I bet you went there looking to learn from other people. Oh, a hundred percent. And I and I immediately was like, who are these people? What are they doing? What are their stories? And and it's not even like big things. Like you're adding those people to your circle now of people that you can learn and grow and and contribute with. Um, but it's micro things like little takeaways, you know, oh, I, I text video these people or something and that worked for me. Or like Jill is managing how she was like managing her leads or like working with a team member. Like there's always something and we're all moving at such a trajectory of growth that I think it's a unique group to be a part of because everyone is growing and scaling so quickly because of what you guys provide that we all have kind of similar like growing pains and we can, you know, feed off of each other. And I think that's an added benefit that I didn't even realize until now. So let me totally change the topic here and ask you yeah. what, what was, uh, what was the motivation or how did you decide to buy 20 acres of land way out in Kalispell, <laughs> Montana? Cause that's just totally random. But you know, you're like this top realtor <laughs> in the suburbs of DC and then you announced yeah. one day on Facebook, like, hey, I just bought a bunch of land in Montana. Like, what what was the story that led up to that? <laughs> 
So I had always wanted to go to that area and I just hadn't, like, I've never even been to that area. Um, I actually have, um, some, a couple of clients and there's a potential for me to help more people like that. But if you're, uh, like a high producing, like high time person, that's, um, so anyway, I had a client and they're like, I'm looking at another property. I want to buy in this area. So instead they're able to send me out to a Martin Eric and I'm not doing real estate business. I found an amazing local realtor in Kalispell. He was phenomenal. And I was like, here's what we're looking for. And then it took my time and because I've got the expertise. And so I went out to Montana and I looked at the properties and was like, no, yes, no, yes, no. And so I was looking for a client, um, and making advice. And it's like the most genius service ever because people are always asking me, well, is there a Karen in Florida? Is there a Karen in Texas? And I was like, no, but if you have the time and the resources and my time is, is <laughs> better used, you can send me. Um, so that's what I was looking for. And then I came across this property. And I was like, uh, whatever. Okay. We're going to trek up here. I'm not going to like it. It's like remote. And I was like, okay, if I was going to have property in Montana and everyone's flocking there right now, if I was going to buy property, I was so specific where I wanted to be this elevator, like on the top of a mountain in this city, overlooking a lake, looking across the mountains in this specific lake. And then I walked up and I was like, I've never seen such an amazing piece of property in my entire life. And so lo and behold, I came back and it was almost like a foster fail with a dog, right? Like <laughs> that one didn't work for my client anyway. Um, but I came back and I was like, oh, I really like this property. And I was like, oh, it's the winter. We're going into winter. It'll be there. It'll be no problem. And then the realtor called and was like, somebody made it out there in their car. I don't know how they did it, but they're putting in an offer. And I was like, key. And so I just found a way, like pull the trigger. And it's like 20 acres on literally on the top of a mountain. So that's awesome. So what does property sell for out there? <sighs> oh my gosh. It's gone through the roof. Cause that we got a good deal because it's kind of an off the grid property. Um, so there's not, got, there's like, not like water and our, electric out there. Yeah, exactly. So it's got like a cabin and all this kind of stuff. Um, but our real, that was part of the question to my realtor there, my realtor contact. I was like, okay, like what if I wait it out? Like what kind of thing? He's like, that land doesn't exist. Number one, if it did, it would probably already have a house on it, it would be $2 million, $3 million. But they're like all those right around Ashley Lake area, a million, you know, it's crazy out there. The prices. I mean, obviously I've hung out in like Kalispell whitefish, but they're million dollar properties and they're climbing like Deep Creek Lake. So sure. I didn't yeah. want to get priced out and I wanted to own that piece of the earth for later. Right on. So <laughs> if you were moving to Kalispell, let me ask you a hypothetical question that I think gets at the core of what, you know, what has made you successful with your, with your branding, with your marketing. Let's say that you were going to pack up, leave the DC area and actually move to Kalispell and you were going to mm -hmm. kind of recreate your real estate career there from scratch. Like you're starting from nothing, right? You don't necessarily know a ton of people there. You don't have friends or family who live there. So if your business is going to work, it's going to be because your marketing was successful enough to start getting you leads and building a brand. So if you had to start from scratch, let's say moving to, you know, rural Montana, what would yeah. you do in Kalispell to build a brand there? It's so funny that you said that because it, it's contrasting the your intro, right? Where... I'm like, oh, small towns, it's easier to become known than like a big city here. Um, and I do think in a way, because you go places and you run into everybody, like we go into the post office and somebody was like, did I hear you just moved here? And they're like so friendly. And I think that's why something like platform, I would just be all in on platform. I would be going to the local businesses. I would be forming partnerships with them. How can I promote your local business? I want to put you on a video. There's actually a realtor that's in that area. And I messaged him and I was like, you're doing a great job, but you should really look in the platform. <laughs> but, um, 
I would just go all in and dump a crud ton of into a, a budget and hit every local place and every local spot and interview locals and just become known as the person. Cause I've already know some that are doing videos, but you guys do it different. Yeah. So there's not really, that a, would be my number one thing. There's not really a strategy behind it per se. Some people just do videos and they cross their fingers yeah. and hope people see them. And some of them are a little salty about non-locals. So yeah, right, right, right. But that's <laughs> but okay. Say, like all the places. But that's I okay. Was, because as long tempted. as you're not from California, they don't hate you. Exactly. I was super tempted to actually already roll. I was like, how could I like leverage this and go in and say, well, if you're coming to the area to visit, like, let me do a video and run it. Cause that's kind of what I did with Deep Creek Lake. People here in Northern Virginia think of me as like a help desk and an expert on Deep Creek Lake. Like they reach out to me for anything. I'm going to DCL. I, what do you know about the houses? I want to buy a house there. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so you just find somebody local and like collab with them and are like, like Justin Lillard and I had done one where Hey, Justin, what do people love about that are coming from this area? And what are your favorite things about this area? So, and that collab, I think got like 45,000 views or something. Yeah. And I know that, uh, for those, for those listening here, we did a podcast episode earlier on the platform marketing show with Justin Liller, who is, uh, the uh, platform agent in the deep Creek Creek, uh, Lake area. And, uh, he, you know, his business is going incredibly well because of all the same strategies that, you know, that, uh, you are using. So. I go, I go to a marketplace where I know there's a platform agent and I'm visiting. I actually go to their page and I look at what places that they featured and that's how I figure out where to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly have done the same thing on vacations with Bella. Like when we're going around yeah. the country on a road trip or whatever, if we're driving through a town that we know, you know, has an agent there, if we maybe don't even have time to stop and meet with them, but we're just like stopping to grab a quick lunch or coffee or something, we'll always try to find, Hey, where have they filmed their market updates at? So at least we yeah. feel like we know the place that we're going to, you know? 100%. So it's like, I have exactly this, I, I have this like network of small businesses I want to hit up around the country. Cause it's businesses I've seen on, yeah. you know, on, on people's like retargeting videos. Like if I ever drive through Texas again, I know like Heather, you know, has featured like Hondo pizza in multiple of her videos. It's like, well, I want to go to Hondo's or I want to go exactly. to Hondo pizza. And she's like, there's this cool restaurant, like Juliana's, I think it's called, um, somewhere in Castroville, Texas that I've, you know, I want to check out cause it looks cool. And you know, there's just yeah. tons of, tons of places that platform agents have featured. That's almost like, cool. This is my bucket list of American small businesses. I'll have to, you know, visit at some point. So Karen, if, Someone, this is the last question I want to ask you because you're now nearly three years into platform. And, you know, like you, you said, it's like, hey, it was an overnight success that took 12 months because you, yeah. you you didn't get crazy results your first 90 days or your first six yeah. months. No. What would you tell someone who's listening to this podcast right now and they're in kind of that trough, like they're in the period of time where maybe they're five months into platform or eight months in, whatever it is. And they've gotten a little bit of results, but it's not like life changing yet. And they're starting to get frustrated, right? They're starting to think like, why am I seeing all these success stories of people at the mastermind or people in the Facebook group? Why does it seem like everyone else is successful but me? You know, what am I doing wrong? Like, what would you say to that person who's in that emotional spot right now where they're just starting to feel kind of frustrated? Yeah. I mean, my my two sound bites are... One of them is, you know, you get out what you put into something. So <laughs> like I, my, my brutally honest question is, are you doing the work? Like, are you creating the content? Are you doing what you've been told to do? <laughs> like, are you actually doing what you're supposed to be doing to generate the potential for results? Because you've got to be doing that early on. You can't wait like 
six months and be like, well, I put out an ad like once a month and it didn't work. Like the more you put into it is the more you're going to get out of it. So you have to look at that personal responsibility aspect of, are you doing what you should be doing? Number one. Um, but two, if you are, <laughs> you know, it's keep in mind that you gravitated towards this program because it was the high hanging fruit. You didn't buy into this because you were expecting, hopefully you didn't have wrong expectations of, oh, I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to have somebody email me right now that they're going to go buy a house this weekend. Like there's plenty of those places out there. They're called leads and they may or may not be good. And they're not going to value you as a realtor, as a professional, as a human being, they don't value you. They just want you to call and open a door. I know. Cause I had one last week that it was like, I saw you name dropped. And I was like, awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you want to do? And they didn't even, they just ghosted me because they just wanted somebody to open the door that day. And I was trying to save them a crud ton of time. Like are there rent backs? Cause you're homeless currently, but they didn't want it. Um, but it's, you gravitated towards this program because it's the high hanging fruit and the relationships. It's not going to happen like right now, like month one, month two, that's a fluke. Month three, month four, you might have people start being interested in you, but would you just automatically go and start a relationship with somebody that you didn't know, you know? So it just takes, it just, you've got to be consistent and do what your part and do your responsibility or it's not going to work, yeah. but you're not going to know that for a year. If, 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 you, <laughs> but, if you do the work, it works. If you do what you're supposed to do and you create content and you're vulnerable and you're brave and you do videos and you do things, even when they don't make sense, if you just listen and do what it's told that you did, like you hired you guys for a reason. Now listen and do what you're advised to do because that's what you paid for. And if you do that, it will work. And it's probably around a year that'll work. Yeah, it's but you got to tough it out. It's a funny like looking back at even our relationship. There's been some random times where I've texted you or whatever and like, "Hey, get me a photo of you standing next to a listing sign eating from a bag of movie theater popcorn." And you're probably like, thinking, up. "Yeah." And I'm like like this? Yeah, you're probably just thinking like, "What the hell does this have to do with anything?" I was like, and then the and ad, I'm an overthinker. So I'm like, like this or like this, like, like this. And I'm just like, here, just take these and use them. Yeah. And then the ad does super well. And you're kind of like, oh, I never would have thought that would have worked in my market, but it did. Oh my God. The, the literally the one that you just said, send me a picture. What was it like holding up four fingers or something like the picture? It's just me holding up my four fingers like this. I checked the numbers on that thing are like through the roof and people are still commenting on it. Yeah. It just keeps you top of mind in a creative way. You know, so but that's your job and that's what I trust in. So you're like, do this. I'm like, okay, it'll work. But that that's it. You just got to like, nothing happens overnight, but this program is magic because you're targeting the people that are farther out before they're working with the realtors, before they need to go see a house right now. Those are the people you're getting in front of because it's all these relationships. That's why my VIP program has the same people with me for 15 years. You're going for relationships that takes time. It just does. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's no shortcut, and that is the competitive advantage. That because you can't shortcut the process, it means your competition can't either. And so that is that is the motor on your castle. Well, 100%. Karen, thank you for joining us today. Um, this has been really fun. I think this has definitely been one of the most valuable podcast episodes that we've done. And so thank you for your time, and I'll see you this year at the Platform Mastermind. I'm excited.